0: A sudden conversion, the rescue of a marriage, and the blessing of a baby. And it all began the day a woman started to wear what she thought was just a tiny piece of jewelry. All that and more on this episode of the Glorify Podcast. Welcome to the Glorify Podcast, where we share stories of God's miraculous work in our lives while seeking to deepen our relationships with the Lord so we can enjoy greater trust and through that trust, greater peace and even joy during difficult times. I'm your host, Stephanie Engelman, inspirational speaker, retreat leader, and the author of A Single Bead, a story of the power of prayer. Are you ready to be inspired? Are you ready to find peace in your heart? It all starts with giving glory to the Lord, and that's what we're here to do. All right, we are back with the Glorify podcast, and I'm excited to share with you today my chat with Ellie Marie of Miraculous Revival. Miraculous Revival is an online ministry that takes vintage and antique Catholic medals and restores and then sells them. And it's an absolutely beautiful ministry. You'll have to check it out. We've got more information coming for you in the show. But first, I want to dive into Ellie Marie's story and how she feels the miraculous medal led to so, so many blessings in her life. Before we get started with my talk with Ellie Marie, I wanna talk about what the Miraculous Medal is. And the Miraculous Medal was given to a nun in a French convent. Her name was uh, Catherine Labore. Sister Catherine told the story of the Blessed Virgin appearing to her, and here is how she told it. The Blessed Virgin was standing on a globe, and her face was beautiful beyond words. Her fingers were covered with precious jewels whose light dazzled me, and I heard, Behold, the symbol of the graces I shed upon those who ask for them. Then an oval frame formed around the Blessed Virgin, and I read in letters of gold, O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to Thee. The vision reversed, and I beheld the letter M surmounted by a cross, at the foot of the cross a bar, And below all, the heart of Jesus crowned with thorns, and the heart of Mary pierced with a sword. A voice said to me, have a medal struck after this model. Persons who wear it will receive great graces, especially if they wear it around the neck. So, Sister Catherine told her confessor about this, and her confessor was the only person she told. After two years of investigating to determine the veracity of what the sister was claiming, her confessor had the medal struck as Sister Catherine had described it, and they produced 1,500 of these medals. The sisters from the convent began to go out onto the streets and just give them away to people. And the medal came to be known as the Miraculous Medal because of the numerous miracles occurred when people wore this medal physical healings emotional psychological healings great blessings and amazing conversions and ellie marie from miraculous revival has a great story for you of her own conversion and then other beautiful outpourings of grace that have occurred since that conversion and it all began with the miraculous medal So without further ado, here is my talk with Ellie Marie of Miraculous Revival.
1: Ellie, thank you so much for being on the show today. It is just a pleasure. I'm very excited to hear everything that you have to share.
2: Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. So, you know, we always
1: first like to share stories of God's miraculous work in our lives. And we know that we're just everyday ordinary people. And yet he shows up for us in truly, truly amazing ways.
2: So all of my, all the miracles that I've kind of experienced in my life all came after I put on the miraculous medal. And I don't think that that's a coincidence at all. I think that the most remarkable miracles kind of happened with Mary showing me how much she's able to distribute grace. You know, when I first put it on my marriage was in a very, very rough position at that time, we didn't really know what we were going to do, how we were going to proceed forward with the kids and everything. And our friends prayed a 54 day rosary novena specifically for our marriage. And as you know, with that power of persistent prayer, they're such good friends. All of a sudden, I didn't even know they were doing this. Our marriage felt lighter. It felt like a darkness had kind of lifted. And I remember calling my friend. She was the only Catholic friend I had at the time. And I said, Hey, just wondering, like, do you think it's this medal that I put on? Or what do you think she goes? Well, it could be the medal, And it could also be the fact that we prayed a 54 day rosary novena for you and your husband. And it just finished. Very tangible type of miracle and, and grace. That that was where I kind of started to notice the the interaction of God in His reaction in His how He answers prayers, and that just led to one thing after another. After that,
1: wow! How long had you been wearing the miraculous medal at that point? Oh gosh, maybe like, about. Do you think it was fifty-four days? Do you think maybe the two coincided?
2: I think so. So I put on the medal in the fall of twenty nineteen. She prayed that novena in the spring of 2020.
1: And that's a truly remarkable thing for a friend to pray a 54-day rosary novena. That's 20 minutes a day that that they were spending praying specifically for you. That's a remarkable grace in and of itself.
2: Amazing friends. And that just I mean, and at the same time, I was also seeing miracles at work. You know, I'm an, I'm an ER nurse and um between the time that I put on the medal and even you know the spring of 2020, just seeing actual tangible lab data of mir- miraculous healing, and I don't, I'm not trying to say that every single person that puts on a miraculous medal is going to witness or experience these immediate miracles or these immediate graces. But God knew that that's what I personally needed in my faith journey because I was in such a dark place and in such a place of disbelief and really really was kind of still on a path of sin at the time. He knew I needed something big to catch my attention and open my eyes before the purification period started. And then there was a third miracle that happened after that. And that was my pregnancy with my second daughter, which I found out about, you know, I went, I went for a blessing at the church that day on the feast of Our Lady of Fatima and um, got a blessing from the priest. And I cried to him basically saying, you know, I, I really just want a baby. And he anointed me and showered me with holy water. I came home and prayed my first rosary ever over the crib of my older daughter and then felt a tug in my heart to go take that pregnancy test. And uh, I did and at first it came back negative. I threw it in the trash and I said, well, this is great. And then something inside of me told me go back and pick it up in the faint, faint, faint little line. And I was pregnant with my second daughter, Zoe. Wow.
1: So those are
2: three miracles that all happened, like one right after another, after I started wearing the miraculous medal, Mm -hmm. um, really opened my eyes to the fact that maybe there really is something about Mary,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit more. I'm really interested in that idea that you were giving miraculous medals to your patients in the ER. Can you you know, tell me a little bit more about what inspired you to do that and how you approached that with your patients and what their response was.
2: You know, I always kind of waited for that in because I, you know, growing up, I've never liked to be pressured into anything, or if somebody told me, Hey, this is really great. You should try this. I'd be like, I'm going to go do the exact opposite of whatever you're recommending. (laughs) Um, but the beauty of working in the emergency room is that you have people there who are really at their lowest, right? Who are desperate for healing, mm-hmm. who are desperate to receive any kind of grace that they can. And I would always wait for someone to either notice mine and say something and might be like, Hey, I have another one in my locker. Would you like to wear one? Or for people to start opening, you know, like you have this time with the patient where they, you get to know them. And people would open up and say that they were Catholic, but had fallen away from the faith or different ends. And so I ended up giving, I kept five of them and I handed out all five over the course of a couple months and really saw, I mean, miraculous healing within blood work. Um, people who would put it on and they're there for panic attacks and the panic attack would just stop. But like that, it was really that end that I kind of took as they would open up to me and let me know, Hey, I'm open to it. It was Mm -hmm. never like, here, you're, let me just put this around your neck while you're, you know, coding or something. It was never, it was never like that. I always waited Mm -hmm. for that.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a beautiful inspiration. And I think that, I hope that plants a lot of seeds in, in people's minds that, geez, maybe I should carry an extra miraculous medal with me, especially if you're in a career where you come into contact with people who are especially in need. And, you know, to have that miraculous medal, always handy to say, Hey, I've got an extra one. Or I know there was one time I was meeting with a woman who was battling cancer and going through some struggles in her marriage. I took the miraculous medal and the St. Benedict medal off my, off my necklace and said, take these. She wasn't even Catholic, but I've got others at home. Just take these and, you know, and yeah, she, I believe she still wears them to this day
2: what a blessing. I think that's a good, a
1: good reminder to us as Catholics though, that having, having an extra medal in the car, in your purse, in your pocket doesn't, I think that's a great idea. And what a beautiful witness you bore to the power of the miraculous medal. Tell me the story of putting on that first miraculous medal and where you were in the faith and and how you've journeyed in the faith in the, in the past years.
2: You know, so when my mom first had the idea for Miraculous revival, you know, her and her friend, Michelle, I was in a very, very dark place at that time. That was in the fall of 2019. And, you know, my marriage was falling apart. I was having issues with my daughter. Just everything was I was, mentally in my soul was in a very dark place. And my mom had come to me and she said, um, you know, I have this miraculous medal. We're starting this little, this little thing, this little ministry. Would you like to wear one? And I said, not particularly, you know, I have, I have a ton of jewelry. I have a way that I like to do things. And she looked me dead in the eye and she goes, will you wear it for me? And I said, I'll support you, but okay. Yes. So I put it on. So you
1: saw this more as a business proposition, (laughs) like when you were doing marketing for your mom.
2: And I think you've been, you've been following for a while too. You probably, I think you joined in like shortly after we started. And even then I was like in the spring of 2020, I didn't know anything about anything. I mean, I learned as, as I went, Mm -hmm. Um, but after I put that miraculous medal on, I never took it off. You know, even when things got really hard, because initially after I first put it on life got really, really challenging for me, my marriage got harder I was having more health issues, just different things kept coming up. And I thought, you know, I put this on, I had these high expectations and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening Mm -hmm. until things did start happening. So uh, after those miracles happened, I went through a purification period after that, Mm -hmm. where everything in my life got even harder. I mean, we experienced death in the family. This is after the pandemic started, um, I was out of work. I got a huge rash. I got an infection on my face that went all the way on my cheeks, all the way down my chest. Huge part of this ministry is, you know, I take those neck shots around my neck. My entire neck was completely covered in a rash. I was out on workers' comp. Um, Couldn't even go to the grocery store or anywhere because my face would bleed into the mask. And, you know, that was at a time where we couldn't go anywhere without a mask on. I had horrible ve- uh, veins in my legs that were so painful. I couldn't even go outside for walks. So I was housebound for nine months. Wow. essentially, And that is where my faith took off. So I know that a huge part of your ministry is kind of glorifying God and finding these, you know, when things don't go the way we want them to go, or when God allows these crosses to, in our lives, hmm it's always for the greater good. It's always for the greater good. There's always a reason why. And looking back, I can see, you know, we had gone through months of trying for a baby without a baby, but I see now why God wanted it to happen right when the pandemic started, right before we experienced death in the family, right when all these things would happen so that I would be home for nine months Mm-hmm. Just with nothing up to do other than obviously care for my family and take care of my home, but dive into the faith, have time mm-hmm. to go to confession, have time to evangelize, have time to learn about the faith. So looking back, that was probably the hugest blessing. That rash on my face was mm-hmm. the biggest blessing that I could have ever imagined. Wow! Yeah,
1: and I never wow. took the medal off. I'm I'm just so amazed at how much you seem to have learned. You share so much great information on your Instagram page. You're just learning this as, as you're going along. This is so impressive to me.
2: I'm learning through this community, through other people. And then as I'm posting, I'm learning. It's not like I, mm-hmm. and, and when I became Catholic, so I became Catholic in 2018 before I put the miraculous medal on um, as a way to kind of appease my mother. I really didn't know anything about Catholicism when I became Catholic. So this miraculous medal and becoming part of this ministry is really what did it for me in terms of really learning about the faith. And then again, during that time period where I was home for those nine months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with no vices, no, nowhere to go, no work, nothing other than doctor appointments and trying to get my face fixed and have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. I can totally see how having a rash on your face would be such a cross and such a blessing because it it had to bring you to your knees in humility to lose your looks. I mean you're a beautiful woman and you lost your looks for 9 months.
2: And I think that's where God had to hit me because I I had taken so much pride my whole life in my appearance, right? So what makeup I wore, what outfits I would wear my, um, you know, my workouts at the gym, I spent two, two and a half hours at the gym a day. Um, and so not being able to go outside to get exercise for walks because of the pain that I had and not being able to even look in the mirror without trembling was incredibly humiliating, incredibly humiliating. And I remember being actually thankful for the masks at that time because I could hide I couldn't hide my chest. And this is the middle of summer. You know, I would wear basically turtlenecks in the heat and that didn't make it any better. The masks didn't make it any better. But I remember thinking if this is the only way I can get my grocery shopping, I'm at least grateful that I can hide myself because I don't want to be seen by anybody.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So yeah, I needed, I needed that.
1: And over the course of those nine months, did you, come to the understanding that God, that you're beautiful to God, no matter what, you know, that, that even, even with a rash, regardless of any disfigurement that we might physically ever endure, that we are the beautiful children of God, that it doesn't, it doesn't matter the shape of our faces, the color of our eyes, the shade of our hair, that we're beautiful daughters of God. And he loves you just as much, if not more, when you're suffering through a rash as he loves you when you look beautiful to the world outside.
2: You make a really good point. I felt, I think for the first time in my life, I really felt that relationship with God. Um, I always knew of God, but never really had that intimacy. And yeah, it did. It did kind of humble me a lot in that Mm -hmm. regard of like, okay god is with you through this he loves you be- not only through your imperfections but because of your imperfections mm-hmm. because when you're at your lowest is when like you can glorify him right like i'm nothing without him look at me you know and all i have is him right now and so it really deepened my relation that really deepened my relationship with god
1: was- mm-hmm.
2: i'm curious about your faith history
1: your mom, your mom is Catholic, but you were raised Orthodox and then just kind of left it all behind, like just never believed and never,
2: never really got into it. You know, as a child, it was more, I did church and I did all those things out of sheer obedience. It was, I was a very obedient child. And then once the disobedience kicked in is when I started to stray, but I will say I did try becoming Catholic in college. So this is another one of those moments where it's like, okay, how come, you know, we can look at these moments where things don't work out the way we want them to, but in hindsight, we can see why it didn't, why it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. I went through the RCIA process my freshman year of college, not because I had a genuine passion for God or not because I was genuinely seeking Jesus, um, but because I was looking for a place to fit in. So I would spend some time, some of my time at the Catholic church on campus. And then I would spend the other half of my time partying and going to frat parties and, and, you know, getting into things that I wasn't supposed to be getting into. So I did dabble in my faith there. And then once I, once I got to Easter vigil and the director called me and said, Hey, you know what, we've had some issues with the Orthodox church. With paperwork and stuff, you cannot become Catholic this spring. Would you like to try again for next spring? Hard no. No. (laughs) I tried. I'm done. I'll go the party route.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So then when I got to grad grad school and I went to a Catholic university, and I tried going to church up there occasionally. I, you know, walk or I live walking distance from this giant cathedral. And it was a very progressive kind of San Francisco. And I saw things that I didn't like going on up there with the church. That's when I left again. That's when I was kind of like, no, I'm done. So I did dabble in it.
1: Tell me about your Marian consecration. Because I know you're doing a Marian consecration on your Instagram page. And I know you're devoted to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when did you first consecrate? And what fruits do you feel you've seen as a result of your consecration?
2: I first consecrated to Mary during my pregnancy, during, during that time that I was locked up in my house out of desperation. I consecrated on the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows of um, 2020. And it was because of the nudging of one of my followers who said, Hey, you should join and do this at the same time that someone else had reached out to me and asked me to pray a 54 day rosary novena, So I did both at the same time. Um, Both ending on Our Lady of Sorrows and also did fasting at that point as well, Mm because I really wanted to feel completely stripped just to see what would happen. And there were definitely, definitely fruits that came from from that consecration. Mm -hmm. There's something about entrusting all of you, your heart, your mind, your body, everything to the mother of God so she can do with it what she needs to do to bring you closer to Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yes, leading one on my page right now, I, I got a bunch of copies of the, the Morning Glory book by Father Michael Gately, which was yes. a miracle how that happened. That was a no. I got a hard no from a priest when I tried to lead a consecration at my church. I got all the pamphlets from that friend who had actually prayed the 54-day Rosary Novena. Mm-hmm. She came out for the baptism of my daughter and um, I got this Call, I felt in my heart like I needed to ask her if she could find copies. She happened to be going to the Mercy House on the East Coast the weekend before my daughter was baptized. Oh my goodness. She brought me 180 copies of the consecration pamphlet. So I go wow. to my priest and I said, Hey, you know, I would really love to lead a consecration at the parish. Is that something we can do? He goes, No, we're not ready for it. This church is not ready for it. So I was sitting on those copies for probably six months. And then in January, another nudge like, all right, get people to consecrate, just get them out, give them out. Mm -hmm. So now we're leading this consecration, and everybody's going to consecrate in three days on the Feast of the Annunciation with Pope Francis as he consecrates Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart. The timing is just mind blowing.
1: Wow. And just think you gave out all those copies, right? 180 copies. Mm -hmm. How many people, do you have any idea how many people are going to be consecrating with you?
2: I think 60 or 70.
1: You would have maybe had 10 at your parish.
2: Yeah.
1: And (laughs) instead, you know, God, it wasn't God's time. He had something bigger planned. Mother Mary had something bigger planned. That is so awesome. Wow. Well, congratulations. What a blessing to be a part of that. That's just awesome.
2: Well, tell us about your ministry. Our ministry is. Like I said, my mom and her friend, Michelle, back in 2019, decided to, you know, find vintage and antique miraculous metals. And it started just with the miraculous metal and, you know, refurbish them, fix them up, put them on new chains and, and go from there. And I became involved in the spring of 2020, just as simply like as the world was shutting down, I'm like, well, let's just try. I don't know anything about social media, but let's try. So that's when I became involved and I strictly was just doing the Instagram page. And over the past couple of years, it's just evolved. And we've found saint medals. We've found antique, vintage prayer cards. Really just trying to bring to life old things that were once forgotten and getting Mm -hmm. them out to people. So that's
1: true. I love it. Your page is so beautiful. I was sitting with my teenage daughter one day on my computer on the couch. And I was like, oh, you've got to look at this page. And she actually saw a gold St. Joseph medal that had already sold that she wanted but i'm i'm trolling your website and that's what you need to do everyone out there is troll miraculousrevival.com because things go quickly and i looked yesterday i think nearly everything in your store was sold out this morning we and
2: sold out for the first time ever of everything of everything we are my mom is wow working- as she can today. (laughs) Things made for like, oh, this is so embarrassing. We have nothing.
1: No, that's exciting. Your Instagram page is miraculous underscore revival. Yes. And then the website is miraculousrevival.com. And again, it's just it's a treat to to Peruse the website, and definitely a treat to be on your Instagram page and to follow you on Instagram because you just share a lot of really interesting information. Even if you're not in the market for beautiful jewelry, beautiful Catholic jewelry, you know, just the prayers that you that you share and the devotions and the insights into sacramentals and things like that. You know, I got a I get a lot of great reminders from trolling your Instagram page. Yeah. Of, oh, geez, you know, I need to refill my my holy
2: water fonts. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. It it really is such a blessing for me. It keeps me on my toes. You know, there's no space for me to go lukewarm. I have to, it keeps me going.
0: Well, Ellie Marie and I went on to talk for a long time, but in deference to your time, I'm going to stop the interview here and i do know that we got into the topic of marian consecration and i am going to promise that we will talk about that in more depth in a later show here in the next six weeks or so so if you're curious about marian consecration just hold on i will share more information coming soon and to all of those who did consecrate on march 25th the feast of the annunciation congratulations and i hope that you will be abundantly blessed through your consecration It's been a blessing to be able to share Ellie Marie of Miraculous Revival's stories. And I hope that you are remembering the stories in your own life and that hearing these stories will give you a little bit more courage to go out and share the stories of God's work in your life today. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Glorify podcast, please share it with a friend and please subscribe. Thank you for listening. God bless.